Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Hasm Seda, welcome to The Mentor, mate. G'day, Mark. How's it going? <laughs> I love that. You know, you, uh, you're the owner, proprietor, CEO, managing director, you know, no, major I'm- proprietor behind a company called Redfin Convenience Store. No, it's the greatest Redfin Convenience Store on earth. The greatest one on earth. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and I actually follow you on Instagram, but it's, um, it's, it's a very interesting concept that you've created for a convenience store, like turning a convenience store into being something famous, which shows you the power of uh, social media, but also the way the power of um, content and the power of stunts, which we'll get into a little bit later. You're obviously aware of that sort of stuff. Uh, so give me a little bit of background about yourself. Definitely. I didn't come from nowhere. I did come from uh, Palestine. I finished my high school and then my dad was already in Australia before us. Um, and then uh, we flew to Australia in 2003. Right. So I was 17 at the time. And my goal was is to come and work with my dad to whatever it takes to give him some relief for the three years when he was alone by himself, trying to support us when we were in Palestine and trying to get uh, all the paperwork that he needs for us to come and to come to Australia. Maybe it'd be good, Hazem, just to explain that dynamic. So you guys live in Palestine. Which part of Palestine? West Bank. The West Bank, okay. Yes. So you're living in the West Bank. So here is a young man um, living in Palestine, 17 years of age, early 2000 period, brothers and sisters. I got uh, seven sisters. Wow, seven sisters. Yep, and in the last 20 years, my dad and my mom decided to have another brother and another sister. So you got eight sisters? Eight, eight sisters. Uh, sorry. No, I made a mistake. Seven sisters with the new one. So we were six sisters yeah. and me. And a brother. And now we got seven sisters and one brother. Okay. So right. we're nine. Sorry, I mixed it up. So that, that's a big family. <laughs> and you're all living in, um, you know, living in Palestine. What was your dad doing there before he came to Australia? Uh, he used to do building construction. So he was like a builder, a contractor builder. Uh, and then uh, he moved to Australia because uh, the work over there is getting harder and harder. Your dad left the West Bank? Yes. To get a better life for his family? 100%. He was worried about us. Yeah. Like we had, um, I tell you, like we, one of the people, we had uh, a stable income. We had our home. We had uh, our lands. 
But the reason for him to move out from Palestine is because he wants to find a better life for his six daughter and his son and he was worried about me so much because i was 17 were you youngest or oldest where you fit i'm the second oldest second oldest okay yeah so when i got to the teenager age he was more worried about me because he the like my life the the older i get my life gets uh more riskier over there why australia why, why did you not go canada or united states or i don't know uk um if I tell you he didn't try, I would lie to you. Like he did try to go to the USA. He was refused um, because when he was living in Palestine, he was jailed a few times by the Israeli. So his record is not that great to, for America to accept him. So he came to Australia as a business trip. And then he applied for an immigrant when he got here. So, so, so he came here on a, on, to do business, like a business visa or whatever yes. that is. And uh, maybe to check out the the landscape, whether he could do some business here. Um, and then he applied to become- A refugee. A refugee. Yes. Yeah, okay. So, and I don't quite know how that all works, but like he obviously got refugee status. Yeah, it took him like three years- To get on, that. To get that. So how did your the rest of your mom and the rest of your family support yourselves? Like where did the money come from? Like, we had some sources back home. Like we have some lands that we grow trees and some other fruits and vegetables that we were using that to keep us- uh, Like a farmer. Like, yeah, like because we are from a small village in Palestine. Yeah. And uh, that's what kept us going for a little bit. My dad was here by himself he was hardly working to support himself here uh till we all came here and uh, we start the f we start again from here your dad must have gone back because mum got had another couple of kids so what, what what's the process your dad goes back to palestine to visit like no no uh the two kids they they were here in australia they were made and produced in australia right <laughs> to, to your mother the same mother yeah yeah yeah. so your mother came here yes yes yeah, and you guys so they stayed. came I, I, what i meant is like when we came to australia uh, that's when we had the, the, the kids are born the two kids yes okay right okay. <laughs> so what's it like as a kid 17 year old boy or 15 16 year old boy you're sort of sitting in um your uh, your home country at the time i guess you spoke no english i had no english yeah correct. yeah um, you're, you're at school proper how old does school finish in palestine we finish high school. Uh, we have one class a day of English, and uh, the, because we speak Arabic the whole time, so it's really it doesn't really help us much to learn the language, unless if you really love love to learn English, and then you give more efforts for it. But uh, most of the kids in Palestine, like uh, on my time uh, when I was school, like the speaking English was not a big thing. Now, these days, after 20 years, now I find that people back there, they're actually learning to speak the English more than any other language. Your dad brings you across to Australia, yes. right? Not dissimilar to what might happen to my father. His father came here for a couple of years and he brought his, my dad's one of seven boys, uh, no daughters, <laughs> just boys. But my grandfather, he brought the whole family here after a few years um, because he set up a little business, a little um restaurant cafe and a sandwich shop and uh bought my my dad's family here so but i know my dad sort of found it difficult because you know being close to his father to be close to his father because you lose contact with your father in those vital years i'm going back in the 1940s so it's not you didn't have phones and you know there's very hard way hard to communicate or correspond and keep in contact 
When you came to Australia to see your dad, um, what was the first impression you got? Did you come by plane or boat? No, no, we came by airplane. Okay. So what was the first impression that you had when you landed in Sydney, I presume, and uh, you went to where your dad lived and there would have been a million beds or bunks or whatever it is laid out for your sisters and you. Um, so what was your first impression? Uh, look, the, as soon as my dad left Palestine, it was for three years, every day I was pushing to see him. Uh, when he told us that we got the visas to come to Australia, that was like a dream, a dream come true. I finished my high school and as soon as we got the visas, we went to the airport for, from like, they picked me up. I, I did the last test and then they picked me up in a taxi from the school to the, <laughs> to go to Jordan because we, we don't have an airport, unfortunately, to go to cross the border to Jordan and fly from, fly from Jordan to Australia. I didn't wait for my result for, for the school. I didn't wait for anything. The only things they wanted to do is to see my dad. That's before even flying to Australia. And when I saw, like when we got off the, when we got off the airplane, like I couldn't see, I, I, I'm just looking for my dad to see my dad. That's the only thing is in my mind. And when I saw him, it's just a big relief came out of me because I was the responsible person for the whole family because my dad is away and I took responsibility when I was six years old so my dad used to travel a lot or like work a long long hours seven days a week so I didn't when I was since I was six years old like they were teaching me like to be the man of the house so my mom will not go to visit the neighbor without taking permission from me that at six years old uh, so they taught me that to be the leader of the house for the whole time. So my parents, yeah, they taught me to be the leader of the house since I was young. And after I saw my dad at the airport, like it was just a relief. Now you can take care of them. I don't have to do this. I want to live my life. But uh, the second thing in my mind was, is like, I don't want you to show me the opera house. I don't want you to show me the Harper Bridge. I don't want to see Australia. I want you to take me to work so I can take the work away from you. I want you to relax and I want to take over. And what was he doing? He was running the convenience store. He's the one he started Redfin oh, really? Convenience Store, yes. So he was running the Redfin Convenience Store. So yes. did, you, did you guys live in Redfin? Uh, no, oh. but my dad, when he took the shop uh, in Redfin, Redfin at the time was a really, really bad area. No businesses could open there. No one survives. But he took a risk because he had no other choice. And for him to save the money of renting another place, so he was actually sleeping uh, in the storage room for the whole time while he was operating the business. But he managed to survive for the first uh, few months. And the agent, when he took the place to rent it, the agent told him, if you, f if you survive for four months, then that will give it a, a potential for other business owners to come to Redfin and open businesses in there. So we've lasted for more than 20 years. And now Redfin, you can't find a vacant shop in Redfin to rent because wow. it's 
fully fully um, leased all the shops there are fully packed and Redfin changed to be uh, one of the best places to be in Sydney are you anywhere near Mickey the Fruitier Fruiter? you know Mickey uh, the Fruiter Mickey that's on Pitt Street yeah. we are on George we are on yeah, the corner George. of George and Redfin Street you know where the boss office with the clock yep. just cross the road from there right a good spot a very like a visible spot like it a is, lot of traffic yeah. going through there and Redfin's changed a lot I mean like in terms of who lives there now, Correct. Um, there's a lot of, um, but is it, well, there's there's a sort of uh, a division in Redfern. There's some very wealthy people live there with very expensive houses. Correct. And uh, then there's not so much wealthy who live there as well. So they have this sort of um, parallel economies there. Which part of the economy does Hasm serve? I am I'm, I'm proud that I serve both of them. And one of the reasons makes me stay there because I really want to help these really, really poor people. At the same time, I want to be with the wealthy people as well. So I'm giving the service I'm, uh, I'm happy to give is to all of them. And I, when I came to Australia, like my dream was to be a pilot. And I went to Bankstown Airport and I learned to fly and I got my- seat. Oh, really? Yeah, I got my commercial pilot license. But I was working at the convenience store at the same time. So I tried flying airplane, which is everyone dream to fly airplanes. And then I worked at the convenience store as a cashier and running it as well. But my face is a cashier to the other, to the customers and dealing with really, really hard customers and really really beautiful customer but when you even it out i found working at the convenience store is 10 times more enjoyable more fun more relaxing than flying an airplane dealing with really hard hard people it's hard no one wants it like many times i had people spit on us like they throw the drinks on us they break things on the shop they steal they did a lot of things bad to you like you clean the floor and then they just what, because they're seeing you cleaning it, they want to pour the drinks on the floor. Serious? It's very hard. It's not easy and not many people would accept it. But I found it fun. I looked at it as a fun thing, as a part of the job to be here. But at the same time, you meet these incredible people, like people with really high degrees, people like rich, people you could, you, you meet doctors, you meet pilots, you meet uh, all type of people there. So it made me like more attached into it to because I love communication. I love to communicate with people. I love to talk to people. So this gave me the the option to meet all types of people without being in one specific uh, like career. Because if I choose to keep flying, my friends, my all connection is going to be all pilots. But being at the convenience store, I was able to communicate with the whole world. How does a place like Redfin say compare to parts of the West Bank, for example? I mean, is it people can do some horrible things, particularly when you when you were younger, when Redfin was a sort of a younger place. If you if what I mean by that is less gentrified as it is today, a lot of people would feel intimidated by being in Redfin. Is working and rather living in somewhere like the West Bank, do you become less intimidated do you think well oh, Redfin's easy uh, well to- Redfin was nothing yeah so that that's the point 
like uh, yeah compared to the westpac um redfin you just having a small issue with people that they're having a bad day yeah whatever reason drugs or fights or whatever it is you it comes to you and you just cop it you have you find a way that to get out of it and as soon as they out walk out the door it's finished because i'm trying that's what i'm trying to work out has like for most people who who born in, born in Sydney or born in Australia and they grew up in Australia, they would say, oh, my God, working in the convenience store in Riffin has ruined my life. I can't do it. I, I just can't do it. 100%. That's why we've it, never had a successful person that was born in Australia to work at the convenience store at our store. You, you, your experience, you've never been able to, you know, we were able to ne- employ one person. We, we tried. We've never had one successful. Yeah, but, and, and, because I think it, it's it's all about rel- relativity, like what you're used to in a comparison sense. Like, So you're saying, guys, what I saw growing up as a, a young man, as a kid in the West Bank is far more overwhelming than somebody coming in and breaking something I've or seen more than 14 wars in the West Bank wow. by the age I'm 17 and I've carried some people were shot into the ambulance when I was 17 and I've had my friends in the school they were shot to death in front of us uh, while they're going to the school and I could have be one of them uh, and the reason why they were going to the school but the media says they were carrying a knife, running into a soldier to to kill a soldier, which is absolutely bullshit. Like I could have been killed at the same way they were killed and the story could be different. So I've seen all this. We had to go to school, like my school was um, two kilometers away from my house. For the, for the whole time I was going to school, we used to go walking from the house to the school and coming back, hot, raining, muddy day we don't have a really good streets mountains going uphill downhill going to the city which is about 11 kilometers uh, you go through five to six checkpoints to go to the city which is the closest city to us which was nablus and you could pass the first checkup the second checkup the third checkup you could get refused to go in so you have to go out to go back and sometimes when you go back they refuse to go your, to, to let you go back to your home so you're stuck in the so middle. you're stuck in the middle so you i slept a couple of times that in the bush because i couldn't go back and i couldn't go to the city and sometimes we walk the whole 11 kilometer through the bushes to go to the city or to come back from the city home just to not get not have to go through the because checkpoint. Y- yes so we, don't, we can't go through the checkpoint so so what you're saying has on that is in a relative sense working Redfin was easy it's very easy as a result of what you experienced growing up compared to what you had to experience living here in australia working in redfin in your dad's convenience store which ultimately is going to become the redfin convenience store or redfin convenience store the greatest convenience store in the world do you acquire a sense of gratitude yeah 100 percent. is it gratitude is it a big gratitude piece yeah it is like being in this country first i appreciate that i love being here and i really appreciate what australia did to us to give us a better life than what we used to have back there so that's one thing the other thing is like for what i've seen to what i see here is completely nothing like the level is 10, one to 10. So to deal with one is easy. 
because I've dealt with 10. And uh, what, when I've seen the, I don't know the word in English for it, but when I see what people go through in Palestine, it made me like helping these people is really, really something I should be doing. And you when mean I, helping your customers? Yes. The one who are unhappy? 100%. So even sometimes with people, they have problems, they come to, they create a problem with us. We end up with shaking hands and talking to them and making them live in a good mood. And then they come back and next day they say, like, I had a problem in my head. I'm so sorry again. <laughs> yeah, because mood, so, good mood's addictive. Yeah. So it's like um, there's a lot of the stuff like I copped to make things works. Uh, and the other thing is like, I'll tell you something about Palestinians. Like we, um, like my family, we've got uh, one of my sisters, she's a, a master in maths. Another uh, sister, she got a high skill. She's a nurse, registered nurse, but she uh, got master and she become a teacher. And like she had a degree for to teach nurse at the uni so she's very high educated and all my other sisters they all did high degrees uh, I did a commercial pilot so most of the people in Palestine in general even if you see them in Australia they drive an Uber they clean in a kitchen they all have high high certificate they have they have high degrees but for the Palestinians the way we grow up, uh, we will never ask someone for help. We will do anything than asking someone for help. And that's why we, when we work in a convenience store, like everyone was like, convenience store is the, work, the last job I choose. For me, no, it's, a, it's the job I would choose as long as I get paid and I don't have to ask anyone for money or help. So that's the like independence. Yes. So that's the the way we grow up. We can't ask people for help. If we need something, we just work hard. We don't mind who we are or what degree we have as long as we get enough if we get what we want. We work any job in needs to to be in to make to make money or to get what we want than asking for someone help. So maybe we should be calling in the, the um Independent Redfin convenience store because I mean independence is a really important thing. I mean it, I think a lot of mig migrants. Yeah, it, it is independent because uh, it's my dad started it and I I took over like three years later when I came to Australia, and we kept it independent. We didn't want to go to any big chain or join any other chain. We just wanted to keep it as a Redfin convenience store, and through the years. I find that Redfin Convenience is going to be the iconic of Redfin. Right, and so now it is the iconic of Redfin. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. So I'm back here with Hazem Seda. Now he's the store owner of the Redfin convenience store, which is now, well, there's obviously one in Redfin, but there's now another one open up in Newtown. But for those who don't know, um, I would go and Google this um, and uh, we'll look it up on Instagram at least, uh, Redfin convenience store. Is it at Redfin convenience store? What is it? Yeah, at Redfin convenience store. I, at Redfin convenience store. It's on Insta and it's on lots of other places. But when did you decide that there's this thing called Instagram? Um, I can actually put a bit of content on there and actually build the Redfin convenience store up into a brand. So this story started like the my first goal was when I came to Australia is to work with my dad. So whatever job he has, for, I'm going to try to take over from him and tell him to rest at home. I'm going to take over. So, so that's the first thing. So now working at the convenience store, sitting like for 18 hours a day. And so what time you open? We open at uh, six thirty in the morning. Yeah, and we close at midnight or sometime one o'clock to two o'clock in the weekend. Seven days. Seven days. Every day. Every day, and I can tell you, which I'm proud of, that Redfin Convenience Store for the last twenty two years of operating, we've never closed the store one day. Not even. What about Ramadan and all that sort of stuff? We still open. Not with all with all the occasions we had the Redfin Convenience Store. COVID is open. COVID is another level. COVID, we worked even 24 hours a day. Wow. Uh, the COVID, uh, we were very, very important to the community. Uh, we already had a website into our Redfin Convenience Store, so we were ready. And the amount of work we had wasn't crazy because we had the things that no one else had, like even hand sanitizers masks, you mean toilet before, paper, you're that's saying, on COVID. But you're talking about before it became popular. Before uh, COVID came, we had a website. Yeah, so 2019. But, yes, but let, let's go through the story how it started. So I, wor- I was working at the convenience store and it, it was just a corner store. Milk, bread, local product, and that's it. Seeing the same people every day. And while I was doing the aviation, I went to do a course for business. I just wanted to see what things that in this country people do that I don't know, which is because business, I can't run this convenience store in Palestine. It's a completely different way. So I thought like the best way to go first work in a convenience store somewhere else, which I did. I worked in a convenience store that's in George Street just for four days, but I didn't tell the guy that I own a convenience store. Because if he knew that he wouldn't hire me. And you wanted to suss it out. I just wanted to know what other people do. So I worked for four months and then I went, I did a course for business. I did a certificate for in business management. And one of the subjects was marketing. And the teacher was like, 
giving us an assessment about how to market your business. And he looked at me when I was thinking like a convenience store, how can we market? We can't use Facebook. Like how, who's gonna come from the Darling Harbor to Redfin to buy Coca-Cola from us? Like it's available in every corner. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, it's a bit hard for your kind of business. But if you have a different business, uh, you could use Facebook to market it or any other platform of social media. So he gave me like the thumbs down, like no point. For too me. hard. Yeah, he goes like for a convenience store, it's too hard. So then went back and I was doing the, I did the first seven years of working at the convenience store. I was doing 18 hours a day for seven days. No life for me. Just trying to work, save money, save traveling, save everything to build myself and and to make the convenience store as a main income for, for me. And then after seven years, I was just got to the idea like, and then, yeah, the reason why we start to change the convenience store is because the big supermarkets start moving to the area. So it used to be about seven convenience stores in Redfin. And that's where the competition used to be between us. So who gives better service gets the customer. But when the big supermarkets moves in, it's going to be hard for a competition. So between the seven convenience store, they all closed down. We're the only one who left. And I was looking at it like we're going to be the next one. We, we survived to the last convenience store in Redfin, but then it was the time like, if we're gonna keep competing with the giant supermarket, then we're gonna be shutting the door down. So it was a bit stress moment. So that's when the idea came that we have to do something different. I don't let the let this giant do their work and we're gonna change the convenience store to something that we can't compete with them. The same customer could go there buy their own product, and then they come to us after that. They have to come to us. So that's how the idea started to change the corner store from selling milk and bread to create an international uh, product that bring everyone. You decided to start to sell international products. Correct. The sort of stuff you won't buy in, in Coles, Woolworths, Coles. Whatever, Woolworths, IGA, whatever. Correct. So you you thought, like, what are we talking about? Irish chocolate or what are we, what yeah. are we talking about? The, the, you, you, the, that idea came. We were, what I like about Australia, it's a multicultural country. Mm. And I'm very, um, I'm very talkative. Like I like to communicate with people. And uh, working at the convenience store, like people start to come to the convenience store to hang out, even to hang out with me because I'm always there. I can't leave because I tell you like the first seven years they were living in a jail in 70 meter square store. Living in a jail could be actually more, relief because <laughs> the 70 meters square the door is open you can't exit the door yeah. the jail you could go play basketball you could go have lunch you could <laughs> sit you could sleep at the convenience store i was like it, the the lifestyle was worse than being in a jail locked down for 18 hours yes and the door is open but i can't leave yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so so having a multicultural country we, a lot of the people that come to hang out with me in the evening, as like to talk to, like, so one of the days that when I decide to start bringing international product is I was sitting outside and we had about six or seven guys. One of them was from Korea, another one from Thailand, 
another person was from the USA, another person was from Ireland, and another guy was from India. And we were talking, and ev- and the first things we were talking, everyone wants to talk about is what they used to eat when they were back home. And this American guy was like, oh, we got this Cheetos chips. It's the best you can't find it anywhere. And another guy from India, we my mom makes this sweet like it's the best. I only want to go back home just to eat that sweet. And another guy, they all were talking about things that they grew up in. And I told them about a sweet, it's called Ras al-Abid in, in, uh, in Arabic, which is just a cream, a white cream with a small biscuit underneath it and has a chocolate on the top. And we call it Ras al-Abid. And that's something that I used to eat every day when I go to school. And when I came to Australia, I can't find it. And uh, I really miss it so much. So when we go back home, the first thing is we go to the shop just to buy it. And it's only, it comes out in summer. So it's like, it's not available the whole year. So when they left, I said like, why don't I bring the stuff that these people miss? And that's when the idea start to start to bringing some stuff that people that they can get here. For example, what, what are some the of the- Cheetos chips, some yep. of the American cereals, the Irish product. There is a product from the UK as well that um, you can't find in Australia. And then we went to New Zealand, we went to Mexico, Brazil. Like a lot of people that love the Mexican Coke, which they can get, find any- Mexican Coke? Yeah, so really? it comes in a glass bottle and it has canned sugar. It doesn't have a white sugar in it. So it tastes different. I should have brought you some today. And then, um, and then like there's a, another can of soft drinks called Inca Cola. It's from Peru. So this is like Coca-Cola for them over there. And bringing the stuff that, and then what's the other thing is like people, they start telling me, oh, this thing came out new in Italy. Can you bring it? But then my main goal was to bring things that people grow up on, not to bring things that they just been Trendy. New, trendy is new because new for them, it doesn't mean anything. But for someone that's been stuck in Australia for 10, 15 years and he sees something from his home, price is not matter. Not because, not, I'm saying like we could charge them as much as we want, but like for them is to buy it, that it's having the product, it makes them to buy it. They don't look at the price, they don't look at anything else. They just want the product. Can I ask you a question then? So do you think then, if I said to you, what, what business are you in, as opposed to saying a convenience store, you're actually selling memories, fond memories, nostalgia, warm feelings, comfort food. You're really selling a total experience. 100%. We, do, we, we now, we're not a convenience store. I'll, I'll tell my customer we are in convenience store. For one thing, one of the thing is people come in, they don't spend, it's convenience store supposed to be in and out. That's why they're convenience. Yeah. And they buy a bowl of milk. A milk in and out, you pay a little bit more expensive for yeah. the service, for the, you don't have to queue for half yeah. an hour at the big store. But how to make money. Correct, because the, the cost price is really high. But we've changed the convenience, our, our Redfin convenience store to an inconvenience in a way that people come in to go through the things we have, have a chat and then show their friends. So, Is it fair to say, you know your audience, you know your customer base, because you know, Redfin is a pretty multicultural area. Newtown is very multicultural, but it probably a little bit more money too. Um, yes. 
is the reason you set up the Redfin convenience store into Newtown is because of the fact that you know there's an audience there who want all these things. That's one of the things, but because we had a lot of customers there coming from Newtown. The way I looked at Newtown, uh, I could explain it to you in a second. But what's my point was, um, when people come to the Redfin convenience store, let's talk about the original Redfin convenience store, they come to enjoy their time not to buy something and go out. So they come by themselves to have a look. They spend 45 minutes to one hour inside the store and it's only 80 meters square. They, um, and then what's the other thing for them is if they live in Redfin and they have visitors to come to, to Redfin, say if they are from uh, Brazil, the first things they wanna show their friends, I wanna take you to this store that, ha that makes me feel I'm home. The same thing for an American person, like will bring all his friends. A lot of the people, they brought their friends, their mom, their dad. As soon as they come to Australia, I want to take you to a place that makes you feel home. It's very funny you should say that because I once had a girlfriend who actually ended up marrying, but she was living in Japan and um, she, she used to work in Japan and she lived in Japan for a number of years. And I went there to visit her in the early days of me taking her out. And she lived in... Um, in Tokyo anyway, in one of the areas of Tokyo. And the very first thing that she did was took me to a Japanese store that sold Vegemite. And uh, I couldn't believe it. That's, that's and, exactly uh, it And she said she buys one jar and it's, it was quite expensive because, you know, it was just quite expensive. Be, yeah, but, uh, but But she still bought it and had it in her fridge. That's why I said to you, Bryce is not it, – it, doesn't go into the consideration of the buyers. Yeah, yeah. You know, they don't look at the price. It just having the product, it gives them a whole day of exp the experience of buying that product. It gives them a whole day of enjoyment, telling their friends about it. You play on this um, whole process of creating an experience, like either they're coming in to hang out, show the family, um, or they're uh, coming in for a, a moment, but they want to buy an item which reminds them of where they come from or how they grew up. It's, you know, we all love comfort food or comfort. We just love comfort. Um, we all like to be, we love all, all of us are nostalgic. I don't give a damn who you are. There is always nostalgia associated with, especially if we're living in another country or another area for that matter. Nostalgia is such an important um, like thing for us to sort of cling on to sometimes, especially if we're a little bit down or miss home or miss our family. You sort of try to attach to things, and you 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 have cleverly built this. Um, it's a business model. You've cleverly built this business model. You're now in Redfin. You're obviously in Newtown. Is has them. I want to ask you, what does your dad think of, you for, of all this for a start? Uh, dad, he's so proud. Yeah. He's so proud for what I've achieved. But he understands what you're doing? Like, he, Oh, yeah, he, he yeah, he it. does. He does, and he's supportive. Like, he, he supported me in everything. Um, like, uh, the whole family is really proud as well, not just my dad. And, um, like, it's so, it feels so good when, you, when I'm there, people are like, G'day, has him. Like, they know who I am. When I'm not there, as soon as they walk out the store, they send me a text on Instagram. Where We've just you? been into the store. You're not there. <laughs> we oh, missed how do you. you? <laughs> well, I was going to say, because this is important. So how does Hazem now create the same experience in 
any one of the stores if you're not there because you can't you can only be in one store at a time that's why i have my face on the logo (laughs) (laughs) so when they said to me we've been to the south that's your face on your t-shirt yeah that's that's the latest um that's the latest design we've done and uh, we've sold we sell 2000 uh to 2500 every year of our t-shirts wow and we do a new design every um every year yeah so they got to buy another one yeah so we have we have customers they have the full collection yeah it's like a collection redfin convenience store t-shirt is a collection and people like like they buy it with love not just because they want to buy a t-shirt it's a different meaning people overseas they bought our t-shirts they've never been to redfin they've never been to australia they bought our t-shirts that's amazing so it's uh, it, that's the difference that's the the love that's the experience that's the happiness that's we've we make to every customer comes into our store i think what you represent is typical migrants into this country who come here to make a better life than what they had from where they come from are willing to sacrifice everything in order to do it um know how to appreciate everything that australia has to offer and don't whinge about anything and in that process, um, build intelligent, smart businesses. Compared to the other side of the world, we are living in heaven. Hazem, so good to meet you. I'm you never going to come and see you. All. I'm going to go to your new down store. Thanks very much, mate. No worries. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.